0: Support for this podcast is provided by ThatCast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com.
1: Hi, I'm your host, Dan Bruton. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of having Allie Roth, the founder of With Love. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Allie. It's
0: delightful. I'm glad to be here.
1: So I always, you know, kick it off. Just want you to just to share a little bit about yourself, but more about, you know, the organization that you run, and we can kind of go from there.
0: Awesome. Yeah, my name is Allie Roth, and I'm the founder and president of With Love. I'm an Oregon native, and people say they're Oregonians, but like I am born in Oregon. <laughs> so I am. I love it here. I love Portland. And I was a Beaverton school teacher for seven years. And I was, you know, loving teaching fourth and fifth grade. And I got to see, you know, some of the really authentic local needs that we have. Mm-hmm. And then I moved on to work at Merrillhurst University for eight years. Okay. And because of that, I was working with student teachers. And so I was pushed into all different school districts. And so I feel like with Portland, I love Portland and I love education. I love the kids. Um, But years ago, uh, about six years ago to be precise, I started looking around and, you know, we were talking to families and getting to know families and foster care is a fairly prevalent part um, of the school system. Yeah. One in a hundred kids are in foster care in Oregon. Um, Last year, 11,000 kids spent at least one day in foster care. Mm. Um, In Oregon, we have double the national average. So as a school teacher and schools, we're, you know, we're having kids coming and going at all times.
1: Why do you think, why do we have double? Why do you think that's...
0: That's a good question. So about 49% of those kids are ages six and younger. And a big part of it for us is the opioid crisis here. Mm -hmm. Um, Years ago, we didn't have the the challenge that we have with that now. And so people that are mid to high socioeconomic status are becoming more introduced, perhaps, to drugs. And they're hitting a lot of families. And so what's happening is it's creating a bigger population of people that – their children are not safe at this point with them. So the kids just need to go to a safe spot or well, maybe they go to rehab or maybe grandma needs to step sure. in for a little bit. So in learning these statistics and getting involved in being a school teacher, I realized, you know, I'm advocating for my kids every day. Um, my husband and I are financially buying these clothes for the kids. We are mm-hmm. having the PTA step in, we're going to the clothing closet through the school district. But as I got deeper in, I said, you know what, what, what about these younger kids that aren't school age? Who's advocating for them? So this came at an authentic question of who is looking out for these younger kids. And um, a lot of younger kids aren't school age, so they need childcare. So you don't just have the complexity of a child entering a home. They need the child care. They need the, the gear. They need the toys. A lot of these kids are coming from right. the hospital. So literally out of the garage of my house and an upstairs bedroom with Love was born. And it was community members coming together saying, I don't know what this is gonna look like, but we have to do something. And I think it's easy to say, somebody needs to do something, but we realized it was us.
1: So were you working uh, still when you started? It sure it?
0: was. So I had, um, this was like the worst time to start a nonprofit, by the way. <laughs> I had a three year old.
1: About what, what year would it have been?
0: Uh, 13, 2013. Okay. So I have a three year old. My husband is an executive, so he's traveling a lot and on the road a ton. Mm. And so we knew we had space in our house to start it, but I was working at Merrillhurst at the time, and um, we were getting ready to have our second child. So you know why not start a (laughs) nonprofit? You know why not? But um, what started is an authentic response to the community. I knew that there's a couple things I wanted to change. Number one, kids who enter into foster care go in by no fault of their own. So I didn't want them to be seen as castoffs, so a charity case, right? Mm -hmm. So when we give them stuff, we're telling them who they are. And so we wanted to make sure dignity was a cornerstone. Second of all, I knew a lot of working moms, a lot of moms that were stay at home moms, and I had a lot of um, retired people that I knew in my life okay. that they wanted to use their skills. So, you know, people that choose to stay home with their children, like, A lot of them have a past life, you know, besides just you're battling your child for an avocado, right? (laughs) And so we were engaging these um, stay-at-home moms. We wanted to engage retired people that had had this whole career, that had time now. Um, Working moms who wanted to encourage community involvement, but they're working. So what could we do in the evenings? What could we do uh, maybe from home or on the weekends? So when With Love started, it was, let's do dignity. Let's really engage the community and invite them in. Okay. And then third, it was you know our age range is very specific because we want to make sure those kids that don't have school resources yet are getting served. So we do the toys, we do gear, we do clothing. Um, okay. Recently, we've actually started to do more community events so foster parents can get to know each other because okay. we feel like if foster parents can get to know each other and have bonding moments, that we're going to retain these incredible foster parents. And we just need more opportunities for that.
1: Sure. Well, I want to step back. I mean, you, uh, I always like to learn about that moment you mm. said, I'm going to leave my career to do this. And I know it was important to you. Like you said, you had this kind of, um, authentic moment, uh, you're, you're discussing, but can you talk a little bit about that? Cause like, again, you were in education. It sounds mm-hmm. like you're very yeah. passionate about it. Yeah. So how was that for you?
0: Well, I think there was two moments of that. Um, you know, I ran two jobs. I was a mom. I ran with love and I worked at Merrill Hurst. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while. I mean, I worked, um, for free for five years. So while I was leading this, I really wanted to hire other l- people, happen to be ladies, um, who I felt like had different skill sets than I was. And so it took me a long time to actually leave my job to do this. So let's start there. But at the beginning, I just looked around and I just thought my community, I live in Lake Oswego, I have incredible neighbors. I have incredible friends. I, the church I go to is wonderful. And I was just like, we all have the resources to do this. And I don't know who was doing this. I mean, at that time in 2013, it was either you're a foster parent or you weren't. Mm -hmm. There really wasn't at that time a lot. Nowadays, it's in the news. Nowadays, it's in TV shows. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sesame Street now has a Muppet Mm -hmm. who's in foster care. But back then, there was nothing. And so I realized, if not me, then who? Mm -hmm. And I felt like, It's so easy to point the finger and get disgruntled about things, but at some point somebody has to step up. And so when we're talking inconvenient, I mean, I was pregnant running this out of my house. My husband was on the road. I had at that point then a (laughs) four-year-old. I was working at a university. Nothing about this is convenient, but it was also the right thing. And I think that so often in life you have a couple purposes, and some people their purpose you know, blooms at age 60. Mm -hmm. Some people at blooms at 50. And I don't know if this is exactly, um, I don't know if you are familiar with Dweck's um, mindset, you know, how having a flexible mindset, like you're not just stuck in one way. Mm -hmm. You can grow and it's called a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. But what it was is this turning point of saying, I know what I'm good at and I'm good at teaching and I love kids. And so this was leaning into something that I was a little not sure about, but I knew the community needed. And I knew that my network and my community if offered the invitation could step up and again at that time we weren't foster parents we are now yeah, but which um, I,
1: want talk, I want to talk about yeah, yeah
0: but it was just offering that you know what you don't have to be a foster parent but you know what you can donate your child's shoes and clothes yeah. you don't have to be a foster parent but you know what you could do you could wash these clothes so they can go straight on a kid mm-hmm. you don't have to be a foster parent but you can volunteer your time and all of that will then impact these children mm-hmm. because i think a lot of people when like you see me with my kids and you see the little one that's been placed in my home you fall in love with them you want you want to help or you hear these staggering numbers and you're like i want to yeah. help but how mm-hmm. with love is an on-ramp to starting, And so it's been really neat over the years. Um, now, let's say, we're not in my house anymore, Dan. Like, we've, we've <laughs> okay. gone past that. Okay. Um, so right now we're in the 3,000 square feet. We're actually moving pretty soon to a 6,000 square foot place. So the community has, we keep offering out these opportunities. And the mm-hmm. community in Portland keeps saying yes. We've got people on the east side. We've got people in Tigard. We have people from all over that volunteer their time, their resources. I mean, even community members. Like, Herzog Meyer heard about what we were doing, and they said, We're a car company. What's your number one needs? And I said, people cannot take their children places because they don't have car seats. Right. And if you get an infant and then you get a three year old, you need different car seats. And so Herzog Meyer said, We'll donate car seats up to a certain amount every year. So it's inviting that community over and over to engage with us. Mm that might, you might not think foster care in a car company.
1: Yeah, well, it's, I mean, I, you know the great thing about Portland is we have a, a, just an amazing ecosystem of nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've served on a board of one uh, briefly, and I mean, they have their own unique set of challenges because the Portland market is not that large, and you know, yeah. there's this, like I said, this community of, uh, of companies, individuals that do contribute. Uh, how has, now that you've started this, Working with other nonprofits, Ben, do you partner with them or how is that? Yeah, kind of great of question.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, we're six years old now. We just turned six, you know, the mighty age of six. And, you know, the one thing that's tricky about nonprofits is you want to support them, but you also, if they're too young, you don't know if they're going to fizzle out. Right. So the really amazing thing that was happening is um, I started with love and a couple other groups on their own started. And we were just small. I mean, we were talking grassroots. We were still grassroots, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, we started getting to know each other. And I'm an extreme extrovert, so uh-huh. I got to know everybody. But not everybody else knew each other. And so I remember talking, um, I believe it was Kevin Palau. I was talking to him, and he um, does a lot of CD wide things. Okay. And I said, what other organization do you think has done something right? And he goes, I think you guys need a coalition, a group. Hmm. And a lot of nonprofits see it as scary, right because like no no those donors or those volunteers or right. that money yeah. right yeah but at withlaw we challenged that question we said these are our kids they're not somebody else these are portland's kids these are oregon's kids how do we work together for our kids and so what we've done, um, starting about two years ago, we started, a, it's called the Share the Love event. And we've invited to the table quite a few nonprofits that are foster care related that are small to medium sized. Okay. And every six months, we sit around the table together and we challenge each other of what could be. Mm-hmm. Also, what is working, what isn't working. And so um, With Love has developed, with their help, um, a resource guide. And it's on our, actually on our front page. So not only are we saying like, we want to encourage collaboration, mm-hmm. we will put it on our front page and it's a yeah. resource guide. And so for us, we only serve up to age six. So what about that foster family that comes to us and says, oh my gosh, I have an eight-year-old and I have a four-year-old. Our resource guide would say, hey, Project Lemonade, they will help you. Mm-hmm. We've got volunteers that come to us and say, hey, I think I want to become maybe a foster parent. Where do I start? Go to our resource guide. We'll tell you about Embrace Oregon. We've got people that call us from Medford, Oregon, and they say, oh, we want to get involved. Do you, can you do something down here? And we say, you know what? We can't, but every child does. And so it's been really neat to see how Instead of being intimidated by each other, we link arms and we say, these are our kids and we're going to tackle this together.
1: Yeah, that is that is pretty unique because uh, I think that's needed. Here, oh, for sure. You, you know, and kudos to you for making that happen because that Thank is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> lot of work. Uh, so can you talk about a little bit, you said you're moving to a new space. Oh, goodness. What's next? Like, yeah. what do you see the evolution of this, you know, your baby that you started? It
0: is my baby, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, first of all, I think, Dan, the, the thing I want to say is, like, what a privilege this has been to be on this journey. Mm-hmm. I think six years ago, if you said, this is what your life's going to look like, I would have backed out and been like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Why is that? It's overwhelming. I mean, yeah. I have 14,000 volunteers. No, sorry, 1,400 <laughs> okay. volunteers. That'd be so a lot long. of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah all of Portland, so actually. <laughs> um, 1,400 volunteers that show up. Um, a lot of them have, like, their specific jobs, and they show up all the time and volunteering their time. Mm-hmm. I've got people doing deliveries. Um, it's so humbling to be a part of it, mm-hmm. but it can be the overall magnitude can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, um, I think the fundraising part is really tricky. I mean, I'm an educator. Mm-hmm. So to go to ask you to say, hey, we have a capital campaign right now. We're raising $75,000. I've gone and gotten 20, 30, I guess up to $50,000 committed, Great. but now I've got to go to the community and individually say, hey, we need to raise $25,000 thousand more dollars to get into our new space. We need it because of the shelving. We need it for rent, utilities, all this stuff. Would you like to participate? That is really hard to do. Yeah. And so, you know, that fundraising because there's just so many elements that six years ago I think it would have been very scary. And I think I have um I'm able to look around and say, with love has outgrown my dream. Mm-hmm. And it's only because of my volunteers, my staff in the community that it's allowed that to happen. And on the flip side, in the foster care community, we're becoming pretty much a staple. So when someone gets a child in foster care or they become a foster parent, even in the classes, they get these sheets that say, "What's with love?" Mm. And so people will say they contact us before they even contact their parents to tell them they got a new placement because it's like, "Oh my gosh, we're getting yeah. a two-year-old. Let me get online and you know, you know, they've arrived. they will be doing my requests." Yeah. Because when you're a foster parent. Um, there's a lot of risk and scariness that comes in, but it's also enveloped in love.
1: Yeah. so this was born uh, you know, out of you being an educator. Yeah. You were not a foster parent no. before
0: this. No, not at all.
1: And you you are now and have been. Yeah. So how is that how's that helped your mission? has that helped you personally develop this organization? Because now
0: you Yeah. I'm actually a client of it. it, sort is of what yeah. it's happened, right? I started it and now <laughs> I'm a client. So it's right. great. Um one of the things when you become a foster parent is you're opening up your house to the unknown. And you're hoping, and I have two biological kids, right? You're hoping you're making the right decision. And every single time we've said yes, it's been the right decision, so let me start there. We've had to say no a couple times. But um, when you say yes, you'd have for us about a two to four hour window. And you're getting an instant family member, right? Wow. So that quick turnaround. So you've got a little one yeah. and you know that like you have baby showers or you plan for them and everyone's so excited And when the baby's born. And for us, we have none of that. We just get a baby because um, my husband and I do drug affected infants, typically newborn to around six months is our niche. Okay. And we've had eight babies in our house um, doing respite care or we've been the main foster parent um, in two years. Wow. So we have a lot of infants that come through our house and I'm prepared, right? So, you know, I have the the basics, but when a child comes into my house, you know, we, all of a sudden we have all these meetings and I didn't realize how many appointments foster parents had. And so when With Love was started, I knew we wanted to provide those tangible goods. And we, if you live within 30 minutes from our warehouse, we deliver to your front doorstep. Okay. Now, if you're farther away than that, we still want to serve you. So if let's say you're in Vancouver or you're in Salem, maybe you're at the beach, you can drive to us. We have people driving from Bend to us. Oh, wow. So um, we, you can drive through two days a week. We'll prepare your stuff for you. But I didn't realize how, you know, when a child comes into your home, you've got lawyers, you've got biological parents um, visits, you have doctor visits, you have dentist visits, you have so many things that are pressing on you. I didn't realize what a gift someone's showing up with all this stuff free of charges. So our average delivery, no average, is around $1,300 worth of goods. And every three months, we will come back to you. So season's changing, kids are growing. And so last year, we served 1,100 kids. And out of that, we gave out over a million dollars worth of product to these kids, all free of charge. So I think what I've learned through being a foster parent is having a lot of empathy to these people that are just incredible. We call them our heroes. You know, they're foster parents saying yes. Mm -hmm. The other thing I love about it is so many of my friends have fallen in love with our kids. Mm -hmm. And we are, foster care can be a little scary if you don't know. But if you meet me at a park and you're holding, you know, like I'm holding a little baby and you ask them questions, and you get to know them, and you fi- find out they're like every other child. Right. And that is sort of that conversation starter. And so with these foster parents, we get to encourage them. We get to cheer them on. But I, we also have this empathy of when somebody walks in and you say, how are you today? I understand. You know, yeah. whereas before it was a theory, and now it's a reality.
1: Yeah, Well, that's, that's great that, you know, uh, and I'm sure again, it's helped your mission for organization. So we'll we'll kind of wrap up because I always like to talk at the end of these, you know, about Portland. You said, you're like, said, you're one of the few. I love it.
0: I know one of the only originals.
1: (laughs) So so that's what my wife says too. She's from here. And so, um, how has it changed? And, you know, specifically to, you know, business, but also, you know, nonprofits organizations coming together, that collaboration I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
0: We love Portland. We actually went away for a year from my husband's job. And we knew we were always coming back. It wasn't an if. Mm-hmm. It was, we are going to be here.
1: What part of the country was that?
0: Went to Indiana, Okay, a little different. Mm-hmm. It's good, yeah. but just I knew I was in love with Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a couple things have been really encouraging. Um, I see the tech industry, mm-hmm. uh, my husband's involved in that. And I've seen a lot of growth in that area, which has been really neat. Mm-hmm. We really feel like this is home for us. And we ha- have other people that come in from different companies or events that we're doing, and they say there's something different about Portland. And I mean, yes, the food seems wonderful, and yes, we have you know wineries and hiking and stuff like that. But there's something else here that people really resonate with. Yeah. And I think for us, we couldn't imagine raising our kids anywhere else. Mm-hmm. We love um, so we're in Lake Oswego. We love the school district there. Mm-hmm. We love um, the c- different. There is a lot of different communities, mm-hmm. but. We like finding ours, and we've been invited to a lot of new ones. As yeah. um, our kids are growing older, and we're in different activities with them, and I think with Portland, the challenge is having finding the people to invest long term. Because we're here, right? We're always looking for that. Yeah. And so in Portland, I'm saying, you know, we're going to be here. We've been here for six years. We need your support. So come join us. Um, follow us on social media. We're at With Love Oregon. Um, for Facebook and Instagram. And just watch what we're doing. Um, get our newsletter, because we're gonna be here, and if even if it's a season they can volunteer with us, we'll take it. Yeah. If it's um, a monthly donation that they can give, we would love that. I mean, ha- inviting people in, because with Portland, some people move in and out, you know, depending, and that can be yeah. a little tricky. with yeah, getting more people are
1: staying. <laughs> right, don't tell too many people, yeah. right?
0: Because yeah. some of this, um, but we love it. And you know, it's interesting, my schools, where I've taught, have changed a lot too. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of the diversity Mm -hmm. that is coming in, Mm -hmm. and you know my husband's really talked about. He wants Portland to be a place that you don't fly over. You don't fly to California or you fly out of to Seattle. But he wants Portland to be a place that you stay, Mm -hmm. and that's attracting that talent. Mm -hmm. And over the years, we've seen that.
1: Really, we really have. It's exciting. I always say it's just like a really exciting time to be here. Yeah. So. Uh, Just, again, just kudos to the great work you do. And so folks can find you. It's love.
0: Yeah, it's withloveoregon.org. Okay. Okay. And um, really, the first place to start, I would say, is just look at our videos online. Really, um, we have a blog that's going every week or every month Mm -hmm. that we'd love for people to just sort of see what we're doing and then following us on social media. And then when someone, something resonates with you saying, okay, let me just on-ramp this a little bit. Let me get more involved in a way that feels comfortable. For that person. Because I think that the community and with love needs Portland mm-hmm. and we need people just how I was six years ago saying, I'm super uncomfortable. I don't even know what I'm doing. That's okay. We don't need perfection. We just need people that are willing to embrace the reality of what's happening in Portland and in Oregon about foster care and saying, I can make a difference. Even if it's washing clothes, you know, we need you and we would welcome you to, to join us.
1: That's great, Ellie. Well, thanks so much for being yeah, on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts